The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Blog Talk Radio. Thanks for tuning in to Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends. One of the most informative and entertaining talk radio shows today. From social issues and trending topics to sex and relationships, no subject is ever taboo. So join us now for Real People, Real Topics, Real Talk. Let's face it. Happy Sunday, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Let's Face It. I'm your host, Will Strayhorn. And Alicia Brown. How you doing, boo? What's going on? I am doing wonderful. I am, I'm doing are wonderful. You? How are you? You sound like you're yeah. smiling. Are you smiling? I am smiling. I love to see. I've, I've seen a lot of lo- lovely pictures of you smiling this weekend. Oh lord! So I really don't have to ask you. You and you and um, our co-host Danielle, you guys got away. Y'all were looking fabulous, representing Thank very you, well. How was the event? So how was your weekend? Well, we don't have a show long enough. Um, oh my god! <laughs> Did y'all turn up? <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I really have to give my hats off. Um, and you remember Larry White, a VIP events concierge um, right. from Tiffany and Merch Bulls, you know, magazine premiere. Fabulous entrepreneur scale in Maryland. I mean, just, just fabulous. Um, you know, I was glad to be alongside Danielle, and then you're also familiar with Weena Wilson and her husband um, oh, yeah. from Kelly's Choice. So, I mean, it was just, it was an awesome event. And I remembered, it seemed like me and Danielle, every time we would turn a corner, we would just stand still for a moment, or we would just have a seat somewhere. And it was like we couldn't help but network with someone. So it was just like every time you breathed. I remember we were up until like maybe 1 in the morning um, still talking to people and networking. And it it wasn't just like your normal networking event, but it was truly synergistic. And, I mean, there were some wonderful conversations, wonderful connections. It was a wonderful weekend. But, you know, for me, um, one of the highlights was, and this was right before the gala, you know, at the time where you're supposed to be doing your hair and your makeup and getting in your gown and all that good stuff, I had a phone call. And I had a phone call from a client that was so excited because I submitted her book before I left. And to come find out, it had been approved, and, you know, I have to sit down there and flip through it and look at it. Um, I said, you know, that that's really what it's about. You're passionate been about approved your business. for what? Uh, it was approved, the book proof itself, because, you know, oh, it's a publishing wow. format. Yes. And, you know, we were so excited because it happened so quick and everything. But I said, you know, that's that's the truth of an entrepreneur's gala. You're, you're never off the clock when you're an entrepreneur, and if that's your mission and that's your purpose, that is what you're passionate about. So there is no day off. I'm not saying that you have to be consumed by your business, but that was my highlight in addition to all mm. the wonderful times we had and 
Danielle can tell you a, bit, a little bit later about the dancing at the table and all that good stuff. But oh, I Lord. That. I wish I could I mean, have seen that. We turned up just a little bit with alcohol. <laughs> with alcohol. Yeah. yeah. Good time, though. Good time. And, Mr. Mogul, how was your weekend? Well, my weekend... Well, you know what? Me and Liz have been having these type of weekends. But, you know, I, I've been really good because we're ending what? the semester coming up soon, and I'm behind on some of my work. So all it's all day Saturday. Yeah, hey, hey, I am an honor student. Now. I am an honor student. So I'm trying to keep my grades up. You know, I have goals. So I've been I doing homework. All all yesterday I was doing yourself. homework. We didn't say I've been behaving, but I you haven't you haven't, you haven't been seeing it. for life. <laughs> oh, okay, you've been hiding. Okay, so right. yeah. I, I knew it wasn't that perfect. Okay, exactly. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead, exactly. Go but Friday I met with, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Paula B. She's a colleague. She's a, um, a radio host mm-hmm. as well. Um, mm-hmm. And we were talking about some upcoming collaborations that we're working on for, actually All for right live here. events as well as TV. Um, All right, so yeah. a lot of those things are coming up in starting in January. Can't talk about yeah, it yet, yeah. but we're we're working on a few Y'all better get it. And that's it. They went to church today. Oh, my God. Church was you so good. I don't know it. if you knew that um, this week alone there were three um, high school students, three different schools that committed suicide. Um, and the pastor yeah. preached. Um, pastor Mariner preached on that today. Um, and the subject was don't let life get the best of you. I'm telling you. You know it does, it does not take much for me to be in tears. But I cried from the moment that sermon. So everybody did it because it was just – everybody is going through something, and you'll be surprised who is going through the exact same thing that you're going through. And these kids are just really young. Um, So it was an uplifting message. I felt like a 1,000 pounds lighter when I left church. I've just been smiling all day, so I'm ready for the show. So we have some guests coming on, our co-hosts, but we have a very special guest co-host. I have never met this young guy, but I follow him on Facebook, has a beautiful spirit, wonderful spirit. His name is Nathaniel J. Um, he's a fellow hairstylist, um, such as myself. Um, I'm going to let him talk about himself. But how is everyone doing, our, our wonderful co-host? Okay, okay, okay. I'm, I'm okay. Doing good. You don't sound. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. So just to let everybody know, you know we have our crazy Nate. Nate's not in jail today. And then we have Nathaniel, Nathaniel J. So, Nathaniel, before everybody gets started, I'm just going to give you an opportunity to just let everybody know a little bit about yourself. Well, I am originally from the small state of Delaware. I know, tiny little Delaware, by way of the eastern shore of Maryland. <laughs> so I'm from the north, I guess, somewhat, somewhat north, somewhat, you know, but it's the country. Let's not get into all that. But anyway, I um, relocated. <laughs> I relocated to North Carolina when I was 18. I went to hair school. Um, I embarked on this journey of making women beautiful, and, and that's what okay. I do today. Um, yeah. I went back to I went back to college and got my business degree at Winston Salem State University. I'm happy about that. And so now I, I'm, I'm now unofficially I'm a counselor for these women. I am a friend. I'm their I'm their preacher. I'm everything for them now. So, I mean, you know, that's not more than just doing weaves. I'm just like, gosh, I mean, I'm drained time I get home, but I love doing it. I love okay. doing it. Wonderful. What is that? So how was your weekend, Danielle? I just want to make a disclaimer for our listeners. Uh-huh. That is Nathaniel J. I know he Ooh. sounds just uh-huh. like Nate. Yes. yes. <laughs> that is crazy, not Nate right? Whitfield. That was Nathaniel J. I just wanted to make that disclaimer because I was like, I thought he said Nathaniel J was going to talk, and then I'm like, that is him. I'm sorry. I just wanted to put that out there. 
love you, Danielle. Danielle, how was your weekend, babe? Oh, oh, my weekend was epic. Now, we talk about divine connections. I connected mm-hmm. with some amazing people, and I'm going to shout out, too, because I know they're listening right now. Mm-hmm. One, Mahogany Artist is her name on Facebook. She did spoken word piece about entrepreneurs. You uh-huh. need to check her out. You are missing out if you don't because she touched my spirit in ways I didn't think it could be touched. And then later today I had the opportunity to meet Mr. Brandon Wagner. He's a 19-year-old rock star who owns his own company called Wax Crumbles. He's also listening right now. And Mm -hmm. he is a beast, I'm telling you. We got to talking, and he's donating a portion of his proceeds to my nonprofit to help my young people out. So right now, Divine Connections, I love it. This weekend has has been life-changing for me, and I'm about to do some big things. I ain't even talked about the TV show I did this weekend. This has been one of them weekends. I saw you. I was watching you. I was proud of you both. I'm proud of you both. Thank you. Good, good, good. It's all about doing that. Um, Liz, how was your weekend, boo? Well, I didn't have a fancy weekend once again. Um, I oh, my God. Y'all two are on point. Towards the end of the year, I just have to calm down because come January 1st, the turn-up is so real. Uh, <laughs> so it's real. <laughs> I actually got to sleep in today. I didn't get up till like eleven thirty. Um I know that's so rare. I went to a one of my jobs had our Thanksgiving potluck, so you know I had to make a grand appearance with my deviled eggs. You know, I just had a really nice relaxing weekend. All right. But you could have sent okay. me some deviled eggs. I'm just saying that's one of my favorite foods. Well, Felicia, <laughs> whenever we have our holiday get together, you know, know, I can bring some deviled eggs. Whenever well, he did. Yes, God. Yes. Lord. <laughs> and Nate, how was your weekend? Uh oh. Which one are you talking to? Well, <laughs> I didn't say Nathaniel. I said Nate. <laughs> oh, okay. I, know. I just wanted to make sure. I just wanted to make sure. I, just to make sure. <laughs> I can't do it. Well, my weekend was full of adventure as always. Oh, I, I fed the hungry. I healed the oh. sick. Come on. And I raised the dead. Oh, wait. Did you? Oh, yes. Wait a minute. So. Crazy. My weekend was full of purpose and power. Okay. <laughs> well, you know what? Too crazy. Too <laughs> and Nathaniel, how was your weekend? Oh, um, well, you know, I, I live a, a quiet life, you know, a quiet, boring life. Nothing much went on. However, the highlight of my weekend, um, I found out maybe like three years ago that I have a niece that I did not even know she was my niece. I knew her all my life, did not know she was my niece. So she decided her and her mother rode down from D.C. and they got their hair done. And I have oh. not seen her in like I have not seen her in six years. But did was, not know was it emotional? Until three years. Uh, no, it wasn't emotional. It was just like oh. yeah, my brother is just making all these babies. God, <laughs> baby number nine. But I mean, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> no what? I mean, we caught up. I mean, she's you know the crazy thing about it is I'm the baby. So actually, my nieces and nephews were all kind of like in the same age group. She's only two years younger than I am. So, huh. you know, we have a lot in common. We just sat and talked and cut up and caught up with her life, and she has a daughter now, and, you know, she was there running around the salon. You know, I don't allow children in the salon, but I gave, you know, a pass this weekend, mm-hmm. you know. But, um, yeah, but it was it was quiet. Not much went on, you know. Yeah. 
Not that was a little adventuresome. I'm not sure if it was quiet, but okay. Okay. Well, yeah. let's go there. <laughs> well, you know, there's been a, a lot of things all week in the news, and we were going to talk about um, probably one of the biggest topics, the Charlie Sheen situation. But um, unfortunately, as I as I expected, a lot of people are coming forward. Um, they're talking about suing him and all these kind of things now. Um, so we're going to wait to talk about that next week. Um, but I do want to talk to you a little bit about something else. You know, Oprah and Shonda, they sat down for Oprah's um, Super Soul Sunday, and it aired, I believe, last week or sometime during this week. Anyway, the topic came up about marriage, and um, I'm going to play the clip, and then we're going to talk a little bit about it. I heard that you had a major epiphany about marriage. I did. I did, and that was really freeing as well. I I mean, I sort of discovered, I mean, I, I knew, but I sort of was able to finally sort of stand up and say, I don't want to get married at all. And I feel like... Like you said that out loud. I said that out loud. I said it to everybody. I said it to my family. I said it to my friends. I said it to anybody who asked, which feels obvious and, you know, maybe silly or something to people who are married or people who are older or people who've been through it. But if you're a woman in your 30s or 40s, that's a big deal. Everybody's asking you all the time if it's going to happen, when it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're dating anybody, they're definitely asking you about it. It's a big... First they ask, are you dating? Yes. Then the mo- particularly if you're a famous person. First, are you dating, who you're dating, who you're dating? And then the moment you're dating more than a month, mm-hmm. it's when are you getting married, yes. how close is the relationship? There's a lot of pressure on that. There's a huge amount yeah. of pressure. And the desire to want to get married, it's a lot like the desire to want to have children in our society. Yeah. Like, you're supposed to want it. And if you don't want it, what's wrong with you? Yeah. It's fascinating to me. And I always knew. I'm one of those people. Since I was five, I could tell you I was going to have kids. I could tell you I was going to have three. I could tell you they were going to be girls. But I have never wanted to get married. I never played bride. I was never interested. I don't know what it is. I never wanted to get married. I love having boyfriends. I love dating. I do not want a husband in my house. <laughs> and I don't know what it is. I just don't. Wow. Okay. So, based on that, um, I want to ask you, do you see marriage in your future, or are you single and loving it? Because I know right now everybody on the line is single, I think. But um, I want to ask you. I'm married, honey. I'm married, honey. (laughs) I am married. (laughs) Are you married, Nathaniel? Yes, I'm married to Jesus. He sits high and looks below. You know what? I knew they were going to drive me a drink this week. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I'm thankful for him. Okay. (laughs) Two nights. I can't do it. I just can't do it. Okay. Well, I'm going to start off. This is Danielle. Uh I am not married. I have no plan on getting married. Now, there was a time where I thought about the whole marriage, the pretty dress, and but I've moved past that. And it's because I've decided that I'm set in my ways, and I am not sure that it would be fair to my mate to have to agree to me and my terms. So it's better for me to just be single and and see how it goes. I I don't see marriage working out well for me right now. I'm a little selfish. Are you? Mm-hmm. Wow. 
I would have never thought that, Danielle. I would have never but thought I that. Liz? I think it's wonderful that you I want to hear Liz. <laughs> how, did I, how did I know? You know yes. What's crazy? I like picking Remember when we had our confessions? Yeah. And we had someone say gay marriage messed up my relationship, basically. I'm that person. Like, I'm not about it. Like, I'm not. The fact, I can't, you know, bring myself to think about being with somebody for Ever. Like, that's a long time. So, honestly, I, I, mean, I, see a, I see a lifetime partner, maybe. I don't know. I just, hmm. I, I don't see it, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> Nate. Nate. <laughs> Nate. Whitfield. Well, this yeah, is how Whitfield. I feel about the situation. Yeah, let's, let's hear. The world wants to hear. Oh, here we go. Um... Let me sit up. Hold on. Let me sit up. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> Y'all both. This is how I feel. Uh, I feel God giveth and God taketh away. <laughs> okay. And you I got know to my go. new mantra. My new mantra is you have to know when to hold them, know when to hold them. You know what? And know when to walk away. So you that's know what? how I feel about that subject. Mm. Hey. hey. I guess you're right, Alicia. Oh, Lord. Why they got to ask me? Did everybody else go? Because you're the one who I was going to, you know, I've been on the lookout for you. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) That's probably why I'm still single. Um, (laughs) You know, I'm I'm just honest to God. I even made a periscope about it um, before I left from this weekend. I just am a person that always has felt like you should enjoy every stage of your life. And and honestly, you know, it's that adage that our grandparents and parents used to say. You know, you're going to rush you. You want to get to 21. You want to get to this. And you're going to realize that, you know, life is going to pass you by so fast you're going to wish for these days. And I guess I sort of took that on personally in a lot of different areas of my life. Um, I forgot who said it earlier, but, yeah, I've never really been that person. I guess most people fantasize about their wedding day or whatever. But I was never one of those little girls that was just all about, oh, I can't wait to wear the little white dress, and we're going to walk down the aisle, and then we're going to have the little babies. I'm I'm not saying that marriage and children never really crossed my mind, but, you know, the older I get, I'm just not consumed by it. So it's sort of like I want to enjoy the life that I currently have. I don't want mm-hmm. any regrets where I look back like, oh, I was rushing, you know. I, I guess, too, looking at a lot of my friends, I've seen people – that I grew up with, that, you know, your whole thing was, I just have to get a husband, I just have to have kids, I just have to get a husband, and I have to have kids, and I don't care how many terrible relationships I go through, I'm going to go through them until I find my mate. And it's like they spent so much time just trying to track down somebody to marry them and have kids by a certain age, they didn't really get to enjoy life. Mm-hmm. So I just, if I do, I do. If I don't, I don't. I'm not hating marriage. Um, I think it's a beautiful institution when that divine connection is made. I think kids can be a beautiful blessing as well, but I'm just, hey, if it happens, when it happens, great. If it doesn't, I'm going to party until, you know, my time on this earth is done. Um, I'm more concerned about just fulfilling what my mission and purpose is versus I have to do this or I have to get married or I have to have 2.5 kids because that's what the world says I should do by age, whatever, whatever. You know. Yes. 
Mm-hmm. Live life. Have a good time. Because one thing is for sure, once you go to another phase, especially when you talk about I'm going to have kids and I'm going to be married for the rest of my life, um, I, I would hope that's you want forever if you're going to get married. You know, you can't go back. So uh-huh. you can't be 50 talking about, you know, well, I didn't get to drop it like it was hot when I was 25 because I was married with kids, so now that I'm 55, I'm going to go back to the club. No, don't do not do that. Just have a good time right now. And when it's your time for whatever, where well, you can look back on your glory days, you enjoyed that season, and you'll be prepared to enjoy your new stage in life. That's all I got to say. Right. And marriage is expensive. You said well, that. What you say? Marriage and children. Yes, that. sir. It's a bill that keeps on, keep on, keeping on. Yeah. And so it's divorce. Well, you know? <laughs> divorce yeah. is real. You're right. Well, <laughs> but Will Strayhorn, you didn't answer the question. <laughs> I think everybody I'm knows how I feel about it. Babe, I'm the, the, I'm the last hopeless romantic. I am. Oh. I I am looking forward to. You know, everybody pretty much knows at least on the on the phone now that you know. I was in a relationship for 16 years, and it was pretty much like a marriage. We never um, mm. formalized it when it became legal, but it was pretty much like a marriage, and I miss every aspect of that. I miss the, the, the disagreements. I miss the companionship. I miss the um, accountability. Aww. I miss all of that. Aww. I look forward to that again, but, you know. Uh, oh, man, that's beautiful. <laughs> but you know what? I just, I just love being in love. Um Looking back, you know, I had dinner with uh, a friend. I have a friend named Rashad, and um, we were talking about that, um, the mistakes and everything that I had in my relationship. And I realized we were both, um, the, the love was undeniably real, but there were a lot of um, mistakes that we, we made with each other and with ourselves. So just I'm looking, I'm looking forward to the next one because I know a lot more. Amen. When you know better, you do better. So um, right. I think the next one should stick, and I keep. I don't know if you guys have seen the Kappa wedding, the two guys that got married. I watched that like yeah. weekly. I watched. That I didn't really see wedding. it. I saw. Some I'm friends with one of the guys yeah. on Facebook. You know they're not together anymore, but I watched that wedding. What? And yeah. the love that's that was portrayed. That's, that, that's that's what's so crazy. They're not together anymore. But anyway, things happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what's so sad about the that's what's so sad about the ordeal. Like I just don't know. Like marriage was never on my menu. I just never I I didn't grow up thinking that that was gonna happen for me, you know, because I was just taught that that's not what you're gonna do. You're not gonna get married and and now that we're in this new modern day of love, I don't know. I, I don't know if I I don't know if I don't know if I ever get married, I don't know if I ever have children. You know, my clients ask me that question often. But I definitely do not want to leave this earth without experiencing real love at least once. And I have not experienced it yet. I've had many times. I know I'm in this swamp. That deserves an all, y'all. Oh. Mm. oh. I'm just, oh. But I'm just saying. Don't, don't do that. I mean, I'm just saying. I need to get out of this swamp. I'm sick of kissing these frogs and they're not turning to princes. I'm just saying. Oh, father. <laughs> I'm just saying. Get me out of this swamp, Jesus. <laughs> It's going to come I'm, I'm already speaking it into the universe it's, it's coming your way Could you speak millions <laughs> into crazy. my existence Because I, I can yeah, do with millions yeah. versus romance <laughs> I'm okay with money Versus honey So could you just speak millions I feel that <laughs> in my spirit Thank you Jesus Okay, Alicia <laughs> What? Talking about millions Uh-oh. You know y'all heard about Miss Patty right? 
Miss Patty. Oh, please, Jesus. Oh, my God. <laughs> Let me get my drink. The whole whole world has heard about her in these pies, it seems, because I, every time I turn my Facebook, any social media, mm. it's something about them pies. Now, yeah. we're going to run a clip right quick, and, and then I have a question for the panel. Uh-oh. Patty, how's the pie sales going? I got to ask. How good is pie sales? Really wonderful. Are you going to use them for more? Are you going to ask them to do more stuff for you, that guy? I did it myself. Hey, baby. Thank you for, for being out here. I love you. We love you. Thank and you. your pies. We love your pies. Thank you. Hi. Can you do a photo, please? Yes. How are you, baby? I mean, that guy, that guy had you sell out of pies in Walmart. That's amazing. I was selling out before the guy did his wonderful... I know, but I know, but I mean, that video is viral. Beautiful. Thank God. Isn't that wonderful? It is. It is. Thank you, James. James, James. you think James has a career ahead of him, like being a pitch man? Yes, he does. He's a wonderful singer. And he's just a wonderful guy. Thank you so much. And he, and he picks great pies. Yes, he does. Thanks, Bye. Patty. <laughs> she said that. Don't like her. She, she oh, said no that. Come on, Patty. So I'm not even going to share. Patty. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm not going to share my opinion. I'm, I'm going to allow y'all to share. My question <laughs> is, do y'all think Patty is <sighs> wrong for what she said? And also, I, I, know, yeah. I got a little bit to add. Have oh, you ever oh. been in a situation where you did something for someone and it was like they slapped you in the face? Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, Lord. Yes, I have. Jesus. Mm-hmm. All the time. You know what? I had a girl. I had a girl that was in, I'm going to say it. I had a girl that was in my last makeup training class who, um, she was a difficult student. I'll say that. She was a very difficult oh. student. And I really helped this girl. And I saw her post uh, a couple of weeks ago that she taught herself everything. Oh. I was like, oh. you did what? I wanted, I was typing the <laughs> sentence in, and something spoke and said, are you ready to do this for real? And I said, you know what, I'm going to take the high road. I didn't even do it. But I was about Thank to you. blast her on, I was about to post the pictures of me teaching her how to do those things. I said, you know, I'm, uh-huh. I'm a, but Patty was wrong. She know, didn't nobody even know about those pies before. Um, Who? Big boy, big boy started to sing about it. Thank you, Thank you. Didn't even know. I passed right on by. Didn't even know it. I mean, that boy was going to end up with diabetes. He ate three of those pies by himself. <laughs> <laughs> she, she still did not give that. him no credit because she, no, he's wrong for that. But still. She did not give him any type of credit, and I thought that was a little sad. I mean, you know, when someone is pushing your brand like that, you should. She gave him a bag, though. I heard she gave him a bag. She purchased him a bag or something of some sort. I read. I don't know. Maybe she could have did more than that, though. Millions of dollars yeah. in one weekend, and it was like shady the way she responded. Oh, I did that. No, you didn't, boo. Exactly. Yeah. She ain't no millions of dollars. Them pies was only four dollars. <laughs> but all of y'all were in line. Y'all were in line for those pies. And people yeah, were I wanna know what they the taste Walmart. like. People selling Has anybody tasted one? I did. They I were going no. You bought one of Daniel. I brought two. I baked, I put mine in the oven though. Three fifty twenty five minutes because that that pie was too light for me. But was it good? More. It was good. I added some ice cream to it. It was good. It was good for store brought. I that's I give her that. It didn't 
I don't know. I mean, can you really get a sweet potato wrong? I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. Yes. I like Patty, mm-hmm. and I wanted to support her, and I thought it was good for store brawl. I just give it to you like that. I, you know. I wasn't on my own, though. I wasn't staying. <laughs> oh, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. Y'all are crazy. I do feel loaded afterwards, but I'm just saying. <laughs> But we're going to take a quick commercial. We have um, two wonderful guests that are coming on. Um, The first one is Ms. Tawana Williams. She is the author of Unarmed and Dangerous. Um, Her story is amazing. We met, I think uh, it was Alicia and Nate. We met her in D.C. at a magazine, the Emerge Magazine release party. Um, And she's a phenomenal speaker, so you definitely want to stay tuned. Uh, We'll be right back with Ms. Tawana Williams. Hi, this is Terry Crews, actor, former football player, game show host, father of five, and all-around big dude. I'm also an expert on drama. I know all kinds of drama. There's the good kind that comes with having a house full of kids. There's the bad kind, like season-ending injuries. There's the necessary kind, like having an agent in Hollywood. And there's silly drama, like the drama around my percolating pectorals. And then there's the drama you can skip. Skip the drama that comes with not having your high school diploma or equivalency. Find free adult education classes near you and finish your high school diploma. Visit finishyourdiploma.org. Or text DIPLOMA to 97779. Message and data rates may apply. Reply STOP to opt out. Touch DIPLOMA to 97779. And leave the drama to actors like me. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ed Council. What's up, y'all? This is John Legend for Life Beat. The music industry fights AIDS. Every hour of every day, two young people between the ages of 13 and 24 are infected with HIV. The AIDS crisis is not over, y'all. Be smart. Use protection. For more information, log on to www.lifebeat.org. I'm a firefighter. A teacher. I'm a farmer. I'm a barber. A waitress. A mom. We're all part of your community. Every day we move in and out of each other's busy lives. It's easy to take for granted all the little moments that make up our everyday. Some are good, others not so much. But that's life. It's when you experience a moment of uncertainty, something or someone's behavior that doesn't seem quite right. These are the moments to take a pause. Because if something doesn't feel right, it's probably not. It's not about paranoia. Or being afraid. It's about standing up and protecting our communities. One detail at a time. Because a lot of little details can become a pattern. We. 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 We trust our instincts. Just like you should. Because only you know what's not supposed to be in your everyday. So protect your everyday. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities. Tawana Williams. Tawana was born 
without arms and impaired use of her legs. She's an award-winning, internationally known motivational speaker, a TV personality, an author, artist, mother, wife, advocate, vocalist, businesswoman, mentor, humanitarian, and CEO. She's a highly sought-after keynote speaker with a powerful and uplifting message for people of all walks of life. Her compelling story is one of triumph, perseverance, and determination. She's overcome many obstacles and has never let her disability stop her. Tawana has many gifts and accomplishments. She's the author of five books, including her bestseller, Unarmed But Dangerous. This book is her personal testimony and will be featured as a debut movie movie in theaters coming soon. Tawana's mission is to give hope and inspiration to those facing adversities and challenges, challenges while teaching them to cope in any life situation. So please help me give Ms. Tawana Williams a, a warm welcome to Let's Face It. How are you, Tawana? Hey, what's up, Will? How are you? How are you? Haven't seen you since uh, D.C. this summer. This I summer. know, right? Hey, friends, yes, how's yes, everybody yes. doing? Good, how, how are, are you? you? Good, I'm, hello. I'm excited. Yes. We are excited right. to have you here. I mean, you, you had the crowd moving in D.C., so I said, I yes. know I definitely have to, um, to to get you on the show, and luckily my publicist, Nikki Curry, she was able to make that happen. So thank you, Nikki, for um, getting Tawana Williams on Let's Face It Radio. I want to start the interview by asking you, um, why did you title your book Unarmed But Dangerous? Well, the title, Unarmed But Dangerous, is really who I am, Will. First of all, let me tell you a little bit about who I am. Okay. I'm I'm a message of hope and inspiration, and I was blessed to be born without arms and impaired use of my legs due to the drug thalidomide that was given to my mother when she was pregnant with me. Then oh, wow. my mother told me there was nothing that I could not do. And I had a Grandma Rogers that did not play with me. And when I was four and a half years old, she looked me in the eyes and she said, T, you must not have needed arms because God didn't give them to you. She said, nothing's missing. If you don't have it, then you don't need it. Wow. I like that. Is that. You know, so, so you know, I'm unarmed, but I'm dangerous because, you know, it's not physical. It's a mental title. That title is yeah. mental. You know, I can do anything but fail. All things are possible to them that believe. That's why I titled my book Unarmed But Dangerous, and that's my brand. That's who I am, you know, and it just resonated, you know, everywhere, all over the country. People are, are you know, gravitating to the title Unarmed But Dangerous, and you know what, Will? I've overcome some major adversities throughout my life also. I was gang raped many years ago during a home invasion. But raped my by my father. I was addicted to crack and cocaine for 10 long years. I've experienced abortion, motherhood, and a stroke. So I know that I'm here to help you overcome whatever adversities and challenges that you may be facing in your life. And that's why I title myself Unarmed But Dangerous. That's who I am. You better yeah. go and preach that. You, you better preach. You better preach. You, you better preach. Yes. Yes. You're you know, missing nothing but 
nothing broken. Nothing missing, yeah. nothing broken. That's who I am. I'm unarmed, but dangerous. I know yeah. that's right. Next. Hey, <laughs> Tawana, this is Alicia. It's hey, always please. a blessing whenever yeah. you're in the room. Wow. Um, because truly you have a message of hope. And as a woman that just wears so many hats and God has blessed to do so many awesome things and, and speaking engagements and just reaching the, your audience, your God-intended audience, what do you hope readers will get from your book and platform, Unarmed but Dangerous? Well, really, I hope that it makes them step up their game and make it happen for themselves. And, you know, look at your life with no excuses, no more mediocrity, no more complaining. Really, that's what I come to do. I come to let you know how raggedy you are and how you have been. I'm just saying, you know, we got to keep it real. Uh, let's yes. face thing. Let's be real. And, you know, and if you're raggedy, it's time to step it up and, and do something. Because here I am, with born with, born with no arms. And impair use of my legs, and you gonna talk about what you can't do, child? You better go get some, go somewhere and ask somebody else, cause I ain't the one. You know what I'm saying? I know that's right. <laughs> you can't play with, you can't play with with a person like myself, somebody that's right. in a wheelchair, or somebody you know where they have labeled you to say what you can't do. You can't play with that. You got to do that mm. thing. You got to do it hard. You got to put your big draws on and make things mm. happen. And that's who yeah. I am, unarmed, but I'm dangerous. When I realized now. that my, my blessing was in my mouth, that I was going to impact millions with my mouth and my message, I found the best in the business. I found Mrs. Uh-huh. Mamie Brown's baby boy, Les Brown, to mentor yeah. me. I attached mm. myself to him. I I learned from him. He taught me the game. He taught me what to do and how to do it. And I'm just saying, that's why I'm unarmed, but I'm dangerous. Go ahead now. Hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Lord, have mercy. I'm, I'm pumped up now. I'm, I'm excited. I'm, All right. I'm just saying, it's, it's, it's real to me. This thing is real. You know, this is why I've been doing this for 19 and a half years. And half nine of those years, we did this for free, me and my husband. We traveled the country for nine and a half years free out of 19 years. And we've only missed two in, two uh, engagements. One was because it was snowing, and the other was because I got sick. I'm just saying, it wasn't a cold. I had a stroke. I'm just saying, you got to show enough put me down before me before I before I say I'm gonna stop. You know what I'm saying? I don't get. I don't say oh, I'm counseling today because I got a cold or I got a headache or I'm, I got hmm. cramps or I'm, I'm having a bad day. Child, please, you better have a stroke. You better be on your sick bed showing up. I'm just saying. I'm just saying people got to step it up. It's time to make it happen. It's time to yeah. step up your A game and do some hmm. things you never done so that you can have some things that you never had. Come I'm just on. saying why I'm unarmed, but I'm dangerous. This thing is mm. real to me. This thing resonates in on the inside of me. Every time I open my mouth, I'm letting people know that all things are possible to them that believe. So what I'm telling your audience right now, what is it that you want to do with your life right now that you have not done? Well, I'm challenging mm. somebody tonight. I'm de-double-daring somebody tonight to mm. step 
their game and make it happen for themselves because life is short. You got to do your thing right now. Eat your dessert first. It's time to make it happen for yourself. Mm. Life is short. I'm just saying, we got to do this thing now. Come on. Mm. This is Nathaniel, and I just have to say that that is just, wow. I don't even know if this next question is even going to, is even soothing, because given the fact that your your responses to everything has just been, do you have you even experienced any challenges at all without having arms? Have you experienced that at all growing up? What were your challenges? Yes, I have. Yes, I have. When I was growing up, people told me I couldn't do it. Girl, you look mm. funny. You're too short. You don't have arms. You walk funny. You don't do have this. You don't have that. And at some point in my young life, that thing beat me down. But guess what? One day I rose up and I said, hold up, wait a minute. My God mm. told me I could do anything but fail. And I said, hold up, Tawana Williams. Get in the mirror. Start speaking to yourself. Kissing mm. yourself talking to yourself, and making this thing rise. And that's exactly what I did. I rose to the occasion. So what am I saying right now? I'm telling you that if I did it without arms, what is it that you want to do? What is it that you said you're going to do? What has God told you and told you to do in this life right now that you have not done? Because one thing I know is that we're all assigned to do something. What is your assignment? Are you making it happen? Are you doing it? Or are you sitting back looking on the sidelines? You know what what I'm saying? What what are you doing? I'm just saying, we we got work to do, Will, and friends. We got work to do. And I challenge everybody on this line that's listening right now to step it up and make it happen for yourself because life is short. Wow. 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 Tawana, this is Danielle, and this is my first opportunity to meet you, but it will not be my last because you have been stepping on my toes tonight. I need to get it together. I need to stop making excuses. So, yes. so I needed to hear that no matter what, make it happen. You are a warrior, lady. And, and and we already know some of your accomplishments because you just shared plenty. But do you have any other accomplishments that you'd like to share with our listeners that you've had so far? Well, I'm an artist. I draw with my feet and this is a this is a gift that I didn't know I had. We were my husband Toby and I, we were living in Oakland, California in nineteen ninety five and on this day I was having a pity party. He looked at me and said, Stop it. He said, God told me to tell you that you can draw with your feet. I was like, Oh Jesus, God ain't told me. I said, God ain't showed me nothing about that. He said, That's all right. Have me a picture drawn when I come home from work. With that day began to be about 3.30, I was like, uh-oh, my husband Toby don't play with me. If he's speaking, I better do something. So I moved on that thing. So you know that that when I finish, oh, my God, you ought to go to TawanaWilliams.com and see my artwork. It ain't no joke. God is not playing with it's me. Not. He's not playing with you. So I'm an artist. Um, I'm a Les Brown Platinum speaker. I'm working on my movie. I'm working on uh, a reality show. I got a lot of irons mm. in the fire. You know, I just won't stop. That, that's just something um, yes. that's on the inside. I can't stop. I've written five books. I'm working on my sixth book. 
it's a relationship, and it's funny you guys were talking about relationships earlier. I was cracking up. But anyway, <laughs> my husband Toby and I, we're working on uh, a book together, a relationship guide. It's going to help people. There are going to be some ingredients that is going to help some people, whether you're married, uh, in a relationship, if you're a couple or whatever. God is getting ready to do some great things. So I'm just on fire. I'm just excited about the kingdom work that I'm doing, that I'm helping people. You know, um, my outreach is it's a mobile outreach, Tawana Williams Outreach. is a 501c3 um, nonprofit organization, and this is what I do. This is what I was born to do. And I, okay. I know what, by now, I know that I was born to win. So I'm just excited. My about God is doing in my life for such a time as this. So I'm excited. Yes. Hey, Miss Tawana, this is Liz. Hey, sweetie. How are you? I, I'm sitting here listening. I'm just in awe. Like, I, I can't wait to see, you know, to experience more Miss Tawana, you know. But I see that, you know, during the interview, you talked about your husband, Toby, and your mom and your grandma. But who are some other people that have helped you? Like, who are your heroes? Yes. Well, one of my uh, heroes, as I said, is Les Brown, who's, you know, he's my personal friend, mentor, business partner. I just love Les, and he is awesome in my life. I've got my my life coach, Art Dokes. Uh, now I got Miss Nikki Curry, who is my publicist, just as well. Uh, we we love Nikki, and she's a part of our life. Uh, my mother, oh my God, that told me I could do anything but fail. My grandma Rogers, who 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 passed away in 1995, but all my life she she just pushed me. She just spoke that thing over me. You know, she told me I could do it. You know, if you don't have it, you don't need it. You know, stuff like that. You know, people that that just uh, that knew that was that there were greatness that was greatness in me. You know, it was just people like my grandma Rogers and my husband Toby and my daughter April. You know, I've got a lot of people in my life that cheer me on, that speak life over me, with me, and encourage me. My pastor, you know, it's just a blessing uh, to have that small circle that is positive. Everything about me is yes and amen. I don't talk about what I can't do, the negative stuff. That's not who I am. Everything about me is yes and amen. And those people in my circle are the same. So I'm excited about my circle and the heroes in my life. Hi, Tawana. How are you doing? This is Nate. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I tell you, I was so happy that I was able to see you firsthand um, at the Emerge Magazine um, launch party, and I was able to meet you and hear your story then. And I tell you, it is, it's just as refreshing, and, it, and it's just as invigorating to hear it today. And, and being a woman who's overcome so many adversities and challenges in your life, what tips could you give to others to help them? Absolutely. One of the first tips that I would give uh, would be reprogram your mind, (laughs) your thinking. Most of us, Mm -hmm. we're negative. We can't do it. I don't have this. I don't have that. Child, please start reprogramming your mind. 
to the good things, to the positive things, to the yes things. And then um, to stay focused. That's very important that you stay focused with no more distractions. Um, And watch your circle. You know, keep your circle small. There are some people in your life right now that mean you no good, that you might want to delete. I'm just saying. There are some people that you need to delete in your life. Keep your circle small. I know I'm talking right. Somebody might want to say amen. It's all right. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) There are some people that don't 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 love you. You know what I'm saying? So you gotta keep that thing small. Then I'd encourage you to find your passion. Find your passion and while you're finding it, I want you to pursue it. And when you pursue it, pursue it hard. Do it hard. And then Get a mentor. Find somebody doing what you love to do and and follow the leader. Shut your mouth. Pay attention. And bam, at some yes. point, it's going to be history for you, too. You know, it, it, you know, it's not rocket science. I just realized that, you know, I could do this. And guess what? I did it. You know, everything around me said I couldn't do it. But guess what? I was bad enough to do. I decided consciously that I was going to do it. I was going to live and not die. And you can do Mm. the same thing. You know, move in your greatness. Do what you're supposed to do. Make it happen for yourself. Don't, you know, continue to make excuses about why you don't have what you... Child, just go on and do the thing. Do it hard and make it happen. That's who I am. I'm unarmed, but I'm dangerous. (laughs) Come on now. And, you know, Tawana, this is Alicia again. I just have to ask you, because oftentimes when you're trying to motivate people, you're trying to encourage people, like you said, there's a lot of people that do the pity parties. Mm -hmm. And you don't understand my story, and you don't know what I've been through, and they use different reasons as to why you might be successful, but they can't do the same thing. So one of the questions that always comes up on a lot of our shows is about discovering your purpose and then having the courage to go out there and fulfill that. What advice do you give to those type people? I do, my advice is to do it hard. You know, there's, there's really, like, no no formula for this or for my life or how I did it. I just decided that I was going to do it, you know, I realized that excuses don't hide. They just reveal who you really are. Ooh, love it. I just say it. Yeah, excuses don't hide. They just reveal who you really are. You know, so at some point, you just got to step out on that faith that you talk about, that you say you got, Mm. and just move on that thing. You know what I'm saying? I love quotes, and one of my favorite quotes is by James Lane Allen. And he says, you are the handicap that you must face. You are the one who must choose your place. I'm just saying, you you know, we, sometimes we hold ourselves back by our yes. things, by, uh, by the things we think we don't have. Child, you've got oh. everything you need. It's time to step out on your faith and move in your greatness and make that thing happen. Whatever it is you said you wanted to do, I'm challenging you today to go do it. I want you to run and hang this phone up when it's over and go get started. Start making your plans. Make it plain. Write it down and and, and set some short-term goals, some 30-day goals. You know, some of us, we take too long, you know, two Hmm. months. 
three months. No, start today and then start that that goal set. Thirty days and make it happen for yourself. And if you and if you hit it, look at you, look at what what you've done. What look at what you've accomplished. Start with the small stuff. Good God Almighty, I'm talking to somebody. You know, there's yeah. things now that you're supposed to do that you haven't done, and I'm challenging you today to do it. Don't you know that George Washington Carver says that 99% of all failures come from people who have the habit of making excuses. Good God Ooh. Almighty. It's time to stop mm. making excuses for what you want. It's time to shake up the shake up the foundation. Shake the Amen. dust off you and keep it moving. I'm talking to somebody. Mm. If I did it without arms, with 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 all of these challenges and all of these mm. Universities in my life. What is it that you said you wanted to do? I challenge you today. And then I want you to go to TawanaWilliams.com and give me a praise report because I know I'm talking to somebody and I'm helping somebody right now. I want you to go to the website and hit me back and let me know what this message have done for you or or what is it that I want to that I can do to help you. I'm telling you, this is what I do. This is what I was born to do. And I'm unarmed but dangerous. Come on, hey. man. Come on, <laughs> this is Nathaniel again, and I just have to ask, what is next for you? I, I just want to know, if, 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 don't, before you even answer that question, if someone offered you a movie, would you do it? Child, yeah. About your life. Child, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Unarmed but Dangerous, the movie, it's coming. We're working on it right now as we speak. So, Amen. you know, we, we just, we're just we just working on the campaigning side of it and the fundraising side of it. Okay. You got to go to TawanaWilliams.com and check it out and see what, what what's happening, what what's going on. I'm telling you, this thing is happening. It's on fire, unarmed but dangerous. The Tawana Williams story shall come to pass. All right. Because it ain't about me. It's about helping other people. This movie is going to be a game changer for the movie industry. This movie is going to be a game changer for people who live mediocre, for those who Mm. make excuses and talk about what they can't do and all that Mm. good stuff. I'm talking to somebody. This movie is going to explode the movie industry. You better go ahead. You better go ahead. So for yes. all of those listeners out there tonight, uh, we heard about the movie that you are planning to come up with, Unarmed but Dangerous, the books. We know that you're a platinum speaker, all of those things. How can people follow you, and then how can people that want to give to the movie actually give? Where do they go? Absolutely. You can go to GoFundMe.com forward slash Unarmed but dangerous movie. Again, GoFundMe.com forward slash unarmed but dangerous movie. And you can go to TawanaWilliams.com. That's T A W A N A Williams.com. You can also go there. Um, and we're excited about it, and we we need yeah. your support, your prayers, your help. You know, we just we're just grateful, and uh, we're excited about what's to come. Well, Tawana, we are just like like we said before. It's always a pleasure when we're yeah. in your company. We are just so thankful for you taking this opportunity to actually speak to us and our listeners, and like you always do. 
<laughs> you always just light that fire under us. So if we yeah. think we're ready to go or if we think we're moving, you just take it to the 10th power. Mm-hmm. And like you said, uh, right now, like you said, you are unarmed but dangerous. So we, we again, all the listeners, go to her website, go to the GoFund account. We want to see this movie come to pass and follow her because, according to God's glory, we should all be unarmed but dangerous. Yes. Come on, yes. thank you so much. Thank, Thank you so much. You. I love you guys. Thanks for having me. We You're love welcome. you and continue yes. your work. Thank you. God bless. You God too. Bless you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. She is an amazing woman. Yes, wow. 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 I'm telling you, it's just that is so so personal because I, I just, for multiple reasons. But you know what? It was just God mm. confirming things one more time after this weekend. So, yeah. Woo! You you can't sit down when Tawana Williams speaks. You mm-hmm. just can't. I remember the fire that was lit. She had the people on her feet when she just spoke at the event. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and wow. that's what the world needs. I was just saying, whoop, whoop. Remember that? Yes. <laughs> yes. That was my call. Yes. Well, I, I hope you guys are inspired and you will continue to support, support her. But, Liz, mm-hmm. I think you had a question that you wanted to pose. Oh, yeah. You know, I know it's hard I to did. transition after that. <laughs> well, a group of friends and I, we were sitting down, and, you know, like we do, we talk about different topics. And one topic that we were talking about, and the question was, basically, do you believe people who commit suicide go to heaven? Now, the background to that was basically – a lot of people say, you know, as soon as somebody dies, well, rest in peace. I know you're in a better place. And, you know, you see that for everybody, no matter if they was a hellraiser, a saint, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's my question. Do you guys believe people who commit suicide go to heaven? Why or why not? Oh, wow. Um, I'm going to give an answer. It might not be the biblical you. answer. Thank so I'm going to make that really clear for all my Christian folk. Don't don't email me talking about, <laughs> okay, I get it. that's right. right. So <laughs> what I have to say personally is I can't say whether or whether some, whether or whether not someone goes to heaven or not, whether mm-hmm. they commit suicide or not, because I'm not that person. So I personally, I can't serve a God where I would think he would penalize someone who's suffering. Because a lot of people have mental illness, and they they kill themselves based on their illness. So I personally can't believe that God would say, because you had mental illness and you killed yourself, you're going to hell. And that's my personal belief. Now, again, people, I do understand what the Bible says, but that's mm-hmm. my personal opinion. And I want to piggyback off what you said, Danielle. Um you know, for those that know my story or have followed me, um, suicide was often, as a childhood abuse survivor, the only way I saw out of the situation. Um, so for me, being that being a personal experience, I know, and again, same disclaimer Danielle used, I don't want all the church folk calling me, emailing me, or whatever. Um, I think we spend too much time trying to figure out this group is going to hell, this group, you know, 
the Bible mm-hmm. says this, and if you do X, Y, Z, you're going to hell, and if you don't, you know, we categorize things. And I'm not negating biblical principles. I'm not calling God a liar. But I believe that there are certain circumstances where God looks at that person's heart. He knows their mind. And I, I tell people, you know, people say all the time, I can't imagine life ever being so bad that you want to kill yourself. And I tell them, I hope you never do. Being a person that's been on that end, I hope to God you can continue to say that until the day you leave this earth. I, on the other hand, have a different experience. Um, so I don't know. But I say it's not important. To me, what's more important is you trying to figure out how you can make a difference and possibly reach those people, look for those signs in your life of people you know or in your community, and hopefully be able to be a vessel God uses to reach them, to pull somebody off the ledge so they don't have that demise. But it's one of those things, I just think there's certain circumstances. I mean, even right down to when that person takes their final breath, I don't know if they get it right with the Lord. There are certain categories we have where we say automatically, oh, they're going to hell because they live this way. But you know what? Before you close your eyes in whatever the situation is, I don't know if you got it right with the Lord according to his standards. Only he knows that. So I'm not here to judge or say if this group going to hell and this group, I'm just worried, do I make it in? Because that's a work that I control and I have to be accountable and responsible for. So I, I never, especially with that group, I can't pass judgment on you. Because the path that it takes for a person to want to commit them commit suicide, that's a horrible journey. So I, I, I'm like Danielle, I just can't believe in every situation that God is going to just, you know, not let that person go to heaven because they committed suicide. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, I think the main thing about the question is, you know, we know or we we hear how the the Bible translate or how people preach about um, mm-hmm. suicide and, you know, you're going to hell, blah, 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 blah. I agree with a lot that you and Danielle have both said. Um, and, Alicia, you know, you and I share it, especially I was one of those people who, I, who said, you know, if I ever show up dead and they say it was a suicide, it's a lie because I would never, ever, ever do that until I went mm-hmm. through this breakup. Um, and there was a very, it was a moment, still moments, um, that are very dark. And suicide, do, it does cross my mind. Um, but I think it's embedded in me that it has something to do with faith um, and realizing that it is a test and that, um, if I would just hold on to God's hands, that he'll see me through it. Um, that if he brings mm-hmm. me to it, that he'll bring me through it. So I I think those are that and the fact that I want to see my grandmother again. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like if I did take my life, that I I believe that I would go to hell. And I think those two things, that I would go to hell and I wouldn't be able to see my grandmother again, those are the things that kept me from doing it. Those are, but even you're, using, even you're using that as an example, I remember mm-hmm. someone I was coaching this person was in their, getting close to their 60s, so I guess you say late 50s. It wasn't until this year that they heard something at church where they were like, oh, I didn't know if, if I committed suicide, I would go to hell. And like you said, they're like, well, you know, I want to see my mother again. So, right. you know, I think about that the next time. This person doesn't have a strong belief system or a strong relationship with God. They didn't know that. So, you know, that's and, one and that's of the what gets too. me because. 
Like right. you said, if you have a strong relationship and God wouldn't forgive somebody who um, you have a problem believing, like you said, that he wouldn't understand someone's situation. But the whole thing about God is he just wants you to believe in him. He wants you to have that faith, even if it's the size of the grain of a mustard seed. He wants you to have that faith. Um, and I think when you're in those dark, deep valley moments, moments that I am still in, I profess right now, I am still in. Um, and if it wasn't for that little faith that I know that God has me here for a reason, and I've talked to you about mm-hmm. this several times, Alicia, that I would not be here November 22nd. I knew that. If I had not been in church, hadn't been in a situation where um, as, a, as a, a young child um, I was introduced to Christ, and I have that faith, that small bit of faith that's keeping me here right now, that um, I would be gone. So I, I think that's where I say that, you know, if you do, that let, that kind of lets me know, that lets God know maybe that you didn't have that faith in him, and then, you know, you wouldn't go to heaven. That's how I feel about it. Uh. Okay. Okay. Anybody else? Uh. They quiet. I know. <laughs> I'm trying to take it all in. This is a, it's a, it's a, it's a deep topic. It's, it's deep. Yeah. It is. But you know, wow. I, I just think like a mm. lot of things, people just miss the point. Mm. You mm. know, sometimes it's like we can get so. And you know, I've said it before. I'm, I'm one of those people. I am about. A relationship with God. Mm-hmm. A lot of the church, the conventional religious, you know, rituals and stuff. If rituals supersede a relationship, I'm I'm not for it. But I just mm-hmm. feel like you know everything's not so black and white, especially mm-hmm. in faith and spirituality. So to me, that that's not not the focus. Even though you know, depending on what it is, because. I feel similar to that the same way we do other issues. I'm not going to try to be controversial tonight. I was going to say the topic, but I'm just going to leave it alone. Yeah. But it's just like, saying? you know, everybody jump on that label. Well, if they're living that lifestyle, they're going to, you know what? Mm-hmm. think you better mm-hmm. worry about yourself. But anyway, mm-hmm. anyway. I think this is a little different. To me, I just, okay, I don't want to belabor the topic, but I just, I just, I don't <laughs> you think go. if you're that close and then you give up, you give up. I just I don't see it. Like you said, you have a relationship to God, and He's He's whispering. I know He's guiding you. He's whispering. He has to be telling you that I'm I'm with you, and then you give well, up. That's, I that's, that's, but, but, true. I, I, that's I, not true. I, I, I don't think everybody's. It depends on when you start to get that relationship with Him. Some people, yes. it depends on where you at in life. Because just with me, I remember when I was younger, as a child, I didn't really. I, I knew God was real. I mean, but I didn't really have that that strong relationship like I have now, but as a child right. coming up on me, I had suicidal oh, yeah. too. I mean, yeah. I was I was in between a world where I didn't belong. I mean, I was very depressed as a child. Didn't know that that's what it was. Didn't know that that's what depression was. Exactly. I just know I just knew that I was empty. I did not feel the love that I, I thought that I should have been receiving from my family. Um, my mother was checked out, and I mean, it just it was just chaos in my family consistently. So I just. So, like, why should I be here? I don't belong here. I just want to go. Right. You know, I didn't see a way out, and the only way out was just, like, let me just take my life. But yeah. I didn't go that far, but it was thoughts that went in just kind of came to my mind, of course. But, you know, thank God for a journal and, and just being able to just get through in prayer and yes. having a grandmother that understood, you know, because I got past that dark that dark portion of my life. Yes. And, you know, I, I, I appreciate your saying that, Jay, um, because – I'm sure you can attest today is looking back on those experiences. Now you know why you're still here. Maybe not why you went through those experiences, Mm -hmm. but it gives you additional 
passion. It gives you additional focus. It gives you additional energy mm-hmm. of why everything you do, I think like Tawana said earlier, you need to go hard for it mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of what you survived. But there's plenty of people that never make it there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, I'm i sorry, Will, I can't say, you know, it just depends on that. that right. That's that's the whole thing about the show. That's your view. This is my view. Now I, I do want to I add. Know, I hadn't considered you. the children. I hadn't considered the children. Now I, I'm I was brought up in that school that you know little kids they didn't take the communion and that all little children get into heaven. I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about these adults who have who who have a relationship with Christ. Those are the ones I'm talking about. So yeah. I'm, talking, I'm not I'm not discussing well, the, the little babies or even the little I, kids well, who I, haven't you, gotten you, there yet. I guess I have to look at it from a different point of view. I think that sometimes when I, when I hear these stories of people committing suicide, that it's, the reason behind it is kind of like petty to me. Like, oh, you've been stealing money from the company for the past 10 years, and they found out about <laughs> it, you're going to kill yourself. Come on, right. be real. I mean, or, I mean you, you, you were wrong. Wrong is wrong. And so now you found out about it, you, you just want to take your life because you don't want to face the fact that you really messed up. You know, right. I, I don't know. It just depends on the situation. I mean, some people find yeah. out they have cancer and they don't want to burden their family with it, and they just want to take their lives. I, I mean, you know, I I see it and I and I don't. You know, right, mm-hmm. right. By every well, situation, like you said, every situation is different. Right. And, and before we start talking view. about this, uh-huh. and before we start talking about suicide, I want to share with the listeners that if you are in a space where you are dark, as we are talking about right now and you need support, there's a National Suicide Prevention Hotline that you can call. I'm going to give you that number right now. It's 1-800-273-8255. Again, the number is 1-800-273-8255. Because if you are in that space, there is support out here to help get you out of that dark space. And and I don't want anyone... Um, to feel that it's okay to give up because there's resources out here that can help you. Right. Amen. Thank, Thank you, you so you much, Danielle. Yes. Thank you. Well, you know, earlier we had Tawana Williams. Yes. And she was talking about her movie that's coming up. Now, we have in the house, I am so, I'm just elated to have him on the show. Director Domingo Guyton, and, and there's so many other things that's to his title other than director, but he is the president of Hope Multimedia Company, where the mission of the company is to create, produce, and promote expressive art based on Chris, Christian principles that uplifts, educates, and positively impacts all of humanity. And he contributes to this effort by utilizing his experience and talent as an educator, community activist, public speaker, musician, music producer, film producer, uh, director, poet, hip-hop historian, as well as me and the teacher. Um, his music has appeared in TV shows and movies, including um, CBS uh, t- TV, like 90210, MTV, Paramount Pictures, and even one of my old favorites, Lincoln Heights. I'm probably aging myself. Um, he was a drummer for six years. Um, he is also the writer and producer and director of YTF, um, a movie that is in pre-production. I, I really can't wait to talk to him about that because there is some controversy with that movie. So without further ado, I really want you to help me welcome Domingo Guyton. And how are you this um, evening, Domingo? 
I'm doing very well. Thank you so much, Alicia. Thank you so much, Danielle. Thank you so much, Will, and everybody else. I, I couldn't keep up. There was so much energy going on tonight. I got a little off. <laughs> well, thank to the you show. all so much Welcome. for having me on. Yes. I mean, YTF. I I I, I didn't want to give away what that stood for, the movie, but what is the acronym, and then what inspired you to write this movie? So the uh, YTF stands for Yesterday, Today, Forever. It's based off of Hebrews 13.8, which says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, forever. So it doesn't matter the context. It doesn't matter the race. It doesn't matter the region. Uh, his word is still going to be the same. All right. And and what is the importance for you to to write this movie at a time like this? So we wrote, um, you know, we basically said, hey, what would it look like if Jesus actually never came on the scene until right now? If he came on the scene today, how would that look? What would it look like, well, you know, with him doing these miracles, with all the social media we have? What would it look like? So we basically took the Gospels and put everything in a modern context, not everything, but many of the parables and stories. We put them in a modern context, but every time Jesus opened his mouth, his response would be as if you were reading the red letters out of the Bible. Wow. Domingo, this is Danielle. And you were just talking about placing Jesus into a context of our culture. So my question for you is why did you choose to make him black and, and you engulfed him in hip-hop in the inner city in, in, in a modern time? So why did you choose that, that type of character in time? Well, I wanted to say, first off the bat, it doesn't matter what color Jesus is. So with mm-hmm. that being said, we wanted to make him be African-American. So oh. it doesn't matter what color he is. So, um you know, so we chose to make him African-American. We chose his disciples to be involved and entrenched in hip-hop, and we had them coming up through the poor inner city and we going against some of the challenges, and we, we, we made a lot of comparisons to uh, Rome. We made a lot of comparisons to Jerusalem and things that were happening with the higher officials, with those who were around him, those who supported him, those who were faking. And um, we just, mm-hmm. it, it, was, it was pretty easy to make comparisons. Mm. So I have another controversial question for you. Do you think that the masses would have been more, uh, you would have had more mass appeal if Jesus was white, if you depicted him as a white man? Well, I would have more, it would be more, much more massive. It would be much more financial help, and it would be mm-hmm. much more uh, feasible to um, get him in theaters to get some of the big studios to jump onto the project had I had made uh-huh. a white individual still using hip-hop music. But the fact that we have him as a, a, a person, and not only do we have him as an African-American, we have Jesus as a dark-skinned uh, male, uh-huh. and we have Judas, Judas playing a light-skinned male. So that right there throws off the whole, like, wait a minute, hold on. Jesus had to be like, <laughs> There's no other way in the world Jesus could be dark-skinned. So what is what is that all about? But that plays on a lot of us and a lot of the self-hatred that we have amongst mm-hmm. our own community. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. We do indeed. Is is the film for everybody or is it primarily for the urban community? It's definitely a film for everyone. 
Uh, of course, mm-hmm. when you have predominantly black characters, it will be labeled as a black film. But it's not a black film. It's just using black actors. But we're also going to be having, um, there will be a bunch of different uh, races that will be represented. But majority will be African-American uh, actors and actresses. Mm-hmm. Great. Domingo, this is Will. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you this so much. You're welcome. So, so modernizing Jesus, you know, so many struggle with the study and the application of the Bible as we already know it. So why is it necessary to modernize the story of Christ? Well, we didn't, it's, it's not really, a, it's not modernizing the story. It's just putting it in a context. So it's still, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So the the his, the words that he spoke still apply to us today and don't need to be taken out of context. So we just take the same scenarios. Okay, we have a woman at the well, you know, who, you know, was, uh, you know, not the same culture as Jesus. So we put a, a white woman in a bar and have Jesus go up and as an African-American, like, yo, why are you over here talking to us? You know, you, you know, and so we, we take these, these, these cultural differences and just apply them to our modern-day uh, context. and But his words still are the same. So he was beaten, he was flogged, he was hung up on a cross. Well, we have him being beaten by the official. We have him being beaten by police. Gotcha. gotcha. Wow. So, Domingo, this is Nate. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much. Awesome. Now, looking at our current um, world situations, as you were stating that you have implemented, you know, certain things such as br- police brutality, um, but marriage equality um, with little to no penalty against when, you know, doing the police brutality, excuse me, um, them not getting any penalties for that. The The increase of crime and violence against youth, how does YTF's message relate to these issues? It's very relatable because the Roman officials didn't get in trouble when they crucified Jesus, and he didn't do nothing. Exactly. And the Jews who the Jews helped to put it all together, no they didn't they didn't receive any you know, they didn't receive anything. The governor, everybody who was in the cahoots with it, Jesus was crucified and that was it. That's what they thought until the third day when he rose up. So I mean yes. that's that's it's so relevant. You know, people this is this is not anything that should be surprising, especially what's happening to our, our, our people, especially, you know, and I think there's going to be a lot more Christians who will um, be martyred and will be killed and will be flogged. And it's going to get a lot worse. Uh, but if you're supposedly a follower, this is what you should expect. Mm. Hey, Domingo, this is Liz. How you doing, Liz? I'm doing good. <laughs> <laughs> y'all, so I know Tawana had y'all turned up over there. I was listening. <laughs> he had, he has, we taking y'all on a roller coaster ride. I, so she, she had y'all up on the high, and now we like sitting over here going, "What in the world didn't happen on this Sunday evening?" <laughs> we love it. We love it. Go ahead, Liz. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, you're fine. So your movie is in pre-production, and Alicia Supernaturally Fabulous ma- magazine article. Mentioned that you are offering screenings. Can you share more about your screenings? 
Yeah, it was it was a little bit of confusing. So we shot the the movie YTF already. We shot that in Boston, Massachusetts in 2010-2011. We released it in 2012. It was a 46-minute film that pretty much gave people the vision so that they would see what it is that we're trying to do. So, And once we released that in 2012, we received uh, five awards, three in Atlanta, two in California, two film festivals. And let me also note that there was – we were accepted in only six film festivals. All six of the film festivals that accepted the movie were all black-owned. So there was never a white-owned film festival that even accepted the movie to be shown. Mm-hmm. So that was, it was just showing people the idea of YTF. So now after we've done all of that, we have rewrote the complete full story, and now it's in pre-production set to film next year, 2016, in Atlanta, Georgia. So that, so we're offering screenings on the short film still because the world hasn't even seen it. No one's even, I mean, besides the five festivals, a couple of showings in Chicago, a couple of showings in, uh, up in the Northeast, and a few, uh, one showing in Atlanta, uh, the rest of the, of the country hasn't even, doesn't even know the film exists. Wow. Hmm. So how did you get on this journey as a filmmaker? Oh, I, I, as a photographer and, and growing up in the inner city, I always would take pictures of the hood and things that were going on. When I went to college, uh, we bought a video camera. I started shooting stuff. I began recording while in college, and then we started doing music videos. So I've been recording and doing music videos for the past 22 years. And... Uh, I got approached by Traveling Slavery Museum out of Philadelphia in 2006 and started doing documentary films. So we worked on two films. And then from there, we said, well, we've done all of this. Let's go ahead and start messing with with the uh, films. So we began, YTF was the first film that I actually shot and directed and uh, and produced. Hmm. So, I mean, what was it like funding the short film? So the budget was sixty, uh, about sixty-five thousand dollars, and a third of that was our own money that we put into it. We had another third, which was fundraising, and the other third, we had private investors. So it was pretty much split down the down the line, twenty thousand almost for of our own money that we put towards it. Twenty thousand that was fundraising. And then another twenty that was uh, we had private investors that put put up. Oh, okay. Hmm, okay, Domingo, this is Nathaniel. How are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing. I'm trying. I'm trying hard. I'm doing good though. Okay, given that you are the president of Hope Multimedia Company, can you tell us about um, what you, what you do and the work you do there? Yeah. So we run the company, and pretty much we are opening ourselves. There are many people who have ideas, they have dreams, they want to, they have their own movies, they have their own shorts, their own music, and have no outlet. There's a lot of these companies that have their team of roster. These are the people that we produce. These are my artists. We got a new a new single dropping next week, and everybody's pretty much closed knit. Now, Hope Multimedia has now opened the door saying, listen, if you're trying to do something to uplift the community, if you're trying to do something to uplift the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you're trying to do something that's positive, and lifting people up, we can help you get that done. We we produce over 15 projects as far as full albums, 
uh, like I said, we've worked on these documentaries. We've done about 15 music videos. So we have a pretty good, uh, nice track record of putting professional stuff together. So Hope is really about trying to help tell other people's stories and put them on blast. And we're, one of the things that we're wrapping up right now is this documentary. The documentary is uh, titled Footprints in the Concrete. And it's pretty much uh, my life testimony about, you know, how the Lord got me out of the streets. And I began to, I went to college, became, I uh, started teaching in college, doing music. And um, so the documentary, we're wrapping up. And we're still, that's something that hasn't even been out of the can yet. This documentary is about three or four weeks away from being finished. We're going to be doing screenings of this documentary uh, next spring. So I would look, hopefully I'll be able to send you all the copy. And uh, we can talk more about it also. All right. Well, you know, we, we you had the movie. You just talked about some of the things that Hope uh, Multimedia does. But what is next for you? I mean, it seems like your hands are full. But what are some of the things that are next to you or next for you? Or what other projects um, possibly do you want to start? So the, the the main thing right now is finishing up this documentary, Footprints in the Concrete, and releasing it next spring. Um, so that's that's number one. Number two, I, every year Black History Month seems to be my most busiest time of the year, and so we have this this uh, presentation called the N Word from slavery to hip hop, and it and we take the N Word and just travel it from slavery through the current day, and talk about why do black people use it? Is it cool to use an N-I-G-G-A versus N-I-G-G-E-R? And, uh-huh. and go through that whole context. So that's that's the next thing. And the but the but the but the main the main one is the movie. He's the same, which is the YTF full version. So that's that's the big one that's that we're getting ready to unload next spring slash summer. All right. Well, how, considering that, how can our readers follow you? Um, if you put in my name, Domingo Guyton, D-O-M-I-N-G-O, Guyton, G-U-Y-T-O-N, and you put that in YouTube, you put it in Facebook, Twitter, all of the above, you know, Instagram, that's that's pretty much the way you can put it in Google, I mean, as far as Gmail and in Yahoo. So those are all of the ways that I'm, I'm connected on social media and, um, yeah, that's pretty much how to how to get in contact. And we asked the same thing with Tawana. If they want to go and fund the movie YTF, um, that would be the same information of how they get in contact with you. Yeah, basically, if you want to talk about YTF, because we haven't we haven't officially launched our, our pre production as far as the new movie, but uh, any getting in contact about finding what's going on, if you do want to talk about funding, all that good stuff. Just shoot at me, shoot me a, a, you know, hit me up on social media, or even send me an email, Domingo Guyton at Gmail. All right. Well, again, thank you so much for taking out the time this evening to share with us about this movie and also a lot of the other projects that you're doing, um, because it's a wonderful thing, especially for our community and other people that really have an interest in the film industry and would like to also venture into that. Well, I thank you all. I thank, thank you so much, Alicia. I thank you so much to Judas Richards with the Superly, Supernaturally Fabulous magazine. And uh, it just you all keep doing a great thing. Thank you so much, Will, the whole crew there. You're welcome. You all You're are welcome. awesome. And, this, and please, do not have me go on after Tawana ever again. This is a good <laughs> <laughs> You were good. I, 
I met you were good. I met, you were good. I met I met Tawana in um I, I know Tawana very well. We we met in Worcester, Massachusetts and we've been talking so she had hit me up and said, Hey, you're gonna be on the show too. I saw that and uh, we're supposed to be linking up here in Atlanta in two weeks, so this is awesome. Y'all keep keep up keep doing a great work. Thank you. Yes, and yes. you have a wonderful night. All right, same to you all. Take care. God bless. You too. Bye bye. Bye bye. Wow. I mean, yes. how how blessed were we to have two people that exactly. are, you know, start films? Well, you know, well, we we did say we were supposed to have a reality show, right? Hey, we're working on it, baby. Tawana said oh, do it. Maybe that could be the problem. Oh, Lord. I, you know what? I don't think the world is ready for you and I to have a reality show. No, yes, that, they are. No, they ain't. No, I like to keep my say, secret secret. Mm-mm. Say no. Say no. Say no. <laughs> I ain't ready to tell at all. And on that note, we're going to take a quick commercial. I ain't telling at all. We're going to take a quick commercial and get ourselves together. And then we're going to come back with more hot topics. I'm scared. It began with five words. If not me, then who? The Travis Mannion Foundation has taken those five words and grown them into a national movement. The Travis Mannion Foundation is dedicated to assisting our nation's veterans, families of the fallen, and the next generation of young leaders. It's about remembering the sacrifices of all the men and women who've given their lives for this country and honoring their legacies through service in your own community. It's about adopting the motto, if not me, then who? and applying it to your daily lives like so many others have already done. All these great things that we live in this beautiful country, it didn't happen because no one chose to serve. Serving should be like in your blood. If not me, then who? From our 9-11 Heroes Run, to putting character to action in your community, discover how you can honor the fallen by challenging the living. Get involved at travismanion.org. The human voice. It can be sweet as music, powerful as thunder, and so, my fellow Americans, cheerful as laughter. <laughs> but for millions of people, it can also be a sign of COPD. This serious lung disease can make it so hard to breathe, you often can't catch a breath or finish a sentence, let alone carry a tune. And many who have COPD don't even know it. That's where your voice comes in. If you think you or a loved one have symptoms, talk with a healthcare provider. Early diagnosis can mean better treatments and quality of life. Join us in raising our voices for the millions of COPD who can't. Learn more, read better at NIH.gov. Denzel Washington and Jennifer Lopez for the Boys and Girls Clubs. Every child follows a path in life. 
For many, that path will lead them to a door, a door that gives them a place to grow, to learn, to belong, a place to forge their future. For 100 years, the Boys and Girls Clubs have opened this door for America's youth. You can change a child's future. Support your local Boys and Girls Clubs. Great futures start here. To learn how you can support your local Boys and Girls Clubs, visit greatfutures.org. Welcome back to Let's Face It. This is your host, Alicia Brown. You know, there are some stories. Well, you know what? I I think better than me actually sharing them with you. I want to have you listen to it. You know, we just talked about YTF, the the movie, and the difference between the the black version of Jesus and the white version of Jesus in modern-day society. But speaking of black and white, there was an issue with Tay Diggs about his biracial son. I think it's just better to just play you the clip. My son is mixed. Um, his mother is white. His father is black. And that's just how it goes. I so, want him to be proud of who he is, and I want him to be able to, on his own terms, include both parents. So if, if, there's, uh, if anybody has an issue with that, then, uh, you know, they can go fly a kite. And I want my son to be able to choose what he wants to be referred to. I don't want him to have to disinclude his mother. His mother is white. His mother is a part of his makeup. And, 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 and the, uh, the buck stops there. It's that simple. What if he said, Tay, that um, when he's 15, 16 years old, what if he said, Dad, I want to be called white? Would you have an issue with that? I would say, well, then, good luck with that. <laughs> that's what I would say. But that's his choice. His choice. If somebody came to him and said, oh, you are white, I would defend him and say, well, your daddy's black as well, so don't forget that. Hmm. Well. So in Ooh. light of that video, the question that was submitted was, Shouldn't knowing who you are start at home? And does Tay Diggs have a fear um, as far as his son saying that he um, is, you know, his son shouldn't, you shouldn't call his son black. He should be able to, you know, claim both sides of his race. Oh, well. (laughs) Not everybody at once now. Well, you I know, agree I mean, with it. Well, I agree with it. Well, let me let, let me go say ahead. This. Let me say this. Okay. So, I guess in a sense, it's all about how you're raised. Because think, let's take it as let's look at it from a standpoint: if this child was raised in a single parent home, mm-hmm. if the mother is if the mother is white and he's raised in a single parent home around white people the majority of his life, nine times out of ten, he's going to identify more with his white family or his white counterparts or whatever you want to say, vice versa, if he was raised in a black home, he's going to feel a little bit more comfortable with his urban family, as they would say in social media. Um, but, I mean, and, and that's, not always, that's not always how it always plays out either because, I mean, I have had a cousin who's biracial, and she grew up around majority of my family, which is black, but she kind of, you know, didn't really deal with the African-Americans. She kind of grew up and 
went off with the other side of her, her, her makeup. And that's fine, but she she grew up in a black upbringing, so she knows she's half black, but I don't think that she knows that now. <laughs> mm. Wow. <laughs> Um, Okay, so let me get an understanding of what the problem is. He's having an issue because he's multicultural, multiracial, biracial, whatever. He's having an issue with him just being called out black, not acknowledging the white part, Mm -hmm. right? Okay. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I I, I can understand that. I can understand that. I mean, because I really shouldn't be called black because, you know, I'm black, white, French, and Indian. So I really shouldn't be called black. So. Well, in that know, case, none of us should pretty much be called black. What race yeah, is really so I, pure? I don't. So I don't think anybody should have an issue if you know if that's his, if that's what he's saying about his son. I I don't have an oh. issue with it. I think that he should be able to call his son should be able to identify himself as biracial. But I would like to state that he if he looks like a little black boy, he's going to be considered a little black boy. Considered black, black boy. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and unfortunately, although you may have mixed race parenting, if you look to meet a race, people assume you to be that race. And mm-hmm. and he can always clarify that, no, I'm, I'm not just black, I'm biracial. But he's going to mm-hmm. have to identify with that part of him because um, and when I saw the little, the picture of the boy, he, he looks like a little black boy. Yeah. Right. Um, so, so and that, most people to... say I look Italian, and I have to tell them that I'm black as well. <laughs> really? Go ahead with your answer. Go ahead with your answer. God bless you. Thank you. Really? What they say? <laughs> well. And Puerto you know, Rican. This, this is what really bothered me. Mm. This is what what really bothered me. You know. I just felt like there were so many stories in the media this week. And, you know, it's nothing new. But with something about the combination of stories in the media this week, I just felt like, you know, this is not a neon blinking sign that you want to distract us from everything but the real truth behind it or the real issues that we should be focused on. I remember the same week there was a young black boy that was in this area. Actually, he in the same city where I work, but – um. This little boy will be 14 in December. He's an honor student, and he was followed. He's a black boy. Um, He was followed. He goes to predominantly white school because that area is very. But anyway, he has constant racial taunts and bullying after him and his mother moved to that area. They even followed him in his middle school and asked him, was he going to rape a student or was he going to rob them? They called him the N-word on numerous occasions. And then at one point, he he actually, why it came to the surface is because he wrote a letter because the mother had been discussing the racist behavior with the school administration. They did nothing to stop it. The son felt like he was at his breaking point. So he wrote a letter to the faculty, and if I could read it real quickly, it says, Yesterday on the football bus coming from our football game, a kid started saying racist things to me. He then started saying he does not like blacks. And he told me 200 years ago my ancestors hung from a tree. And after he said that I should hang from a tree, that made me super mad. So in the locker room, I told him not to call me in or that I should be hung on a tree. The coaches took me away from the kid because I was really mad and they thought I was going to fight him. But I want someone to do something about it because I'm tired of boys messing with me because of my skin. I'm at my bowling point with this. 
please do something about this because I bring it to the office slash principal. You do nothing about it, and I'm tired of the racism. And school officials said they would not, that he should not allow the insults to get to him. And the mother kept telling the news, you know, this has crushed my son's spirit. When he got off the bus, he threw his backpack, and the coaches came in and told him, don't let it get to you. And she's saying, how can he not allow this to bother him mentally? And this has mentally damaged my son. She's asked the school to facilitate a meeting between her and the families of the multiple boys who have harassed her son, but nothing will be done. The school even refused to provide something, a statement to the news, because they said, student privacy. So here's my mm-hmm. issue with this whole Tay Diggs thing, as well a lot of other issues. You know what? Unfortunately, we're in a society that judges you by the color of your skin. They mm-hmm. don't care if you're biracial. They don't mm-hmm. care your mother and your dad is this. If you look like a little black child, I'm going to judge you like a little black child. So whatever you want your children to be called, whatever you want to teach them at home, that's fine. But I just hope, especially in the black community, we can get across the message to embrace your black heritage mm-hmm. because we already have a world that's full of telling you that black is inferior and black is ugly and black is not good. You know, after all of these years, we still have the black doll experience where you have little girls who think the black yep. doll is ugly compared to the white. And how many years mm-hmm. and decades have went by since that initial test? So come on. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that mm-hmm. to me, this whole Tate Diggs issue, that wasn't the message. And I'm sorry, I want to add one more thing briefly. Even the whole Patty LaBelle scandal, people, come on. Whoever did what, in one week, over $21.3 million, I think it was, sold for her pies. So what does that mm-hmm. tell you? We have buying power in the black community. Yep. We mm-hmm. need to make sure that we are more financially literate and educated so we know how to keep that money in our community and build our own wealth mm-hmm. instead of keep pummeling it in other things to make other cultures richer instead of our own. Those are the real well, things, not all this garbage that they keep talking about. And I'm going to be silent on that after that. You this smart. <laughs> you <laughs> kind. You what? <laughs> I am so sick of this stupid media stuff. And I know that's wrong because we are part of media, but I'm just saying. Really? Well, speaking of a black man trapped in a white man's body. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. We hear so often how Don Lemon is scrutinized by the African community, African American community, about his journalism style. Um, And me being one of Don Lemon's biggest fans and his best friend, and I stick and I support him because you know, one thing I believe it is I Uh believe it's a persona. And when you're on TV, if if people didn't hate you on TV, then. Uh You're not even doing your job good. (laughs) So I feel it's a persona that y'all folk have came to dislike. But I want to know how do you feel? Do you feel that Don Lemon has a – that that he has a mandate for – to be a part of the black community and to share that his thoughts the same as the black community – or can he just be a journalist? Because he is trapped inside a white man's body. But go ahead. 
But listen, is he is he biracial? Is he is he biracial? He is. I don't biracial. know what he is. No. Well, okay. You know, okay. Well, well, let me just let me just say that I am on the fence. I am a huge supporter as well because I just thought that you know this is great. This black guy or this biracial guy is gay and he's on TV and everyone loves him. And then I Wait started. Wait a minute, really five women it. gay? You know, uh, yeah. Hang up. You hang up. <laughs> <laughs> you are dismissed. You are a to the show. <laughs> Honey, listen, I am not Wendy Williams. I'm not here to out no one, but I thought it was me. <laughs> but Nate just did. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I, I just think, it, I, I, I think it back to just thinking about my cousin. I just think that, you know, he does not really relate to the African-American community because I follow him on Instagram. I follow him on Facebook, and I look at, you know, who he hangs out with, and, you know, he doesn't really hang out with too many brown people. And it's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. It's, wow. It's absolutely, it's nothing wrong with that because I think that your circle should be diverse. I believe in yes. that. I strongly do stand by that. Um, but I think as a journalist or, or whatever he wants to call himself, he needs to he needs to be holistic in his approach. He and, and I just think that I think there's a little disconnect there. I don't know. I don't. I don't. Et phone home. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> this is a good. You know what? I love this topic about Don Lemon because one, I like to play the advocate, but I go. also read Don Lemon's book and I kind of clicked into Don Lemon's mind because if I could just go back and gossip for a few minutes, sure. Don Lemon's mother we love it. actually slept with <laughs> what? the doctor that she was working with. Oh, Hence hmm. came Don. So oh, Don's oh. father was a well to do white man that oh. didn't know what not to go. do with him. He was there very Community, I mean, everybody knew him in the community. However, oh. when he died, oh. Don Lemon's mom wasn't, the mom, the wife knew about Don Lemon's mom, so oh. she wasn't able to come, like, to the funeral. But the oh. dad left provisions for Don. Oh. Oh. So so in Don but in Don's head, He's a white woman trapped with blonde hair. So he's living that side of his life. Uh huh, I'm familiar. And you Negroes are not in it. See, me and Don, when we braid each other's hair at night, we understand. Yeah. And I tell him, I say, Don, you cannot let these Negroes <laughs> knock yeah. you off your element. They're not wow. on CNN. Come on They're now. On NBC. <laughs> You know what? I'm gonna just change my name back to Jay. I don't want to be a celebrity yes, or anymore. <laughs> yes. I, this is this is foolishness. Come on now, <laughs> go on, Jay. You know though, while we're on this topic, here's here's my thing. I want us to be careful because it 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 depending on how you say it, you're sort of giving that persona because you know. He, his lifestyle, his success, the way he speaks, the issues he's talk about, then that makes him on the other side of culture versus black. Then in that case, how do we define black? 
Yeah. Well, hmm. well, I I personally don't want him to be the spokesperson for all black people. I actually don't want any no. one person yeah. to be the spokesperson for all black people. Exactly. So I don't want to feel like it's his duty to represent me because he don't know nothing about being male personally. Come on, but man. I do have an issue with his journalism style because it's not journalism. I, he puts too much of his own opinions in there, and mm-hmm. and the way that he engages with his guests, especially guests of color, sometimes is just Ooh. real disrespectful. Like, and he makes me feel some type of way. I've been wanting to slap him. Oh, but while yeah, on it's side. an act. It's an act. Well, well he needs. I, I understand that, and I understand well, why he's, he's not getting any awards. <laughs> I understand why he's still on TV, but my issue is we don't have no balance here. He is not doing journalism, in my opinion, and I look forward to some balance. So if we're going to have Don Lemon who's stuck in a white lady's body or whatever you call it, <laughs> then I need somebody else here uh, that's pro-black that's stuck in Huey Newton's body. And, and let's let's have it all. I need I need a, a balanced approach here. And I just want to go back on the record one more time before we move on to the next person to say that Don Lemon is an award-winning black journalist. He's an awesome. He's journalism at his best. Go ahead. But not not for acting. Not for acting. No Emmys. No Emmys. Hey, are you getting a kickback from Don Lemon? Uh, I'm just saying. I, I'm just saying. I mean, that last little thing sound like you you were endorsing him. So I, <laughs> he did he pay you a little something? He he. Well, I'm not BFF. Well, uh-huh, he got me BFF. You stayed in the you stayed in the sun too long. You're a little darker than he is, so I don't think it's going to work. <laughs> <laughs> You're his friend at midnight, not during the day. <laughs> Maybe that's why he didn't take me out this morning. Child. Father. Let me just say, (laughs) that conditional friendship. Anyway, moving on. (laughs) I think I have the floor now. Um, Yes. So, you know, given that this whole relationship marriage thing is just taking a turn for the worse, um, you know, I, I, I I came across this whole situation with Monique and, Having this open marriage, and you know, I just, you know, can we can we can we talk about it? I mean, you know, is is marriage really? Uh, give it uh, really, uh, really. Um, is giving your spouse a pass? Is this? I mean, is this really? A, I mean, or have we really come to this? But you know what? Just give your opinion. I mean, you do. How do you all feel about this this topic? I'm going to shut up. Oh, Lord, I feel like singing a hymn. Let Alicia go last. <laughs> yes, uh-huh, please. Okay, I had the ability to hear Monique talk on Periscope this week, and she addressed this, this topic. She addressed Yeah, we have that clip, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, so we should hear that clip. Yeah, well, she, her, clip, her clip is the response to it. Um, so okay. I think what we do is we'll, we'll have everybody comment on this right now, and then we'll play the response to see what she really meant. Okay, okay. okay. Because when she well. broke it down, it, it became more clear to me on, on how I feel about it. And I personally oh, feel okay. like when well, you know people... I'll go ahead and play it then. I'll play it. Okay. Here we go. I got on Twitter, and I see all of these comments about me saying that... 
it's okay, and I give my husband a, what is it, a hall pass to cheat. Well, Lord and behold, I'm like, I done read the goddamn article, and I never said that, so it's just interesting how people take things and flip them to what they want it to be. When I first said about me being in an open marriage, and I say it on stage all the time, and I've said it publicly, so y'all not getting no exclusive. When I said about me being in an open marriage, it was not my husband's idea. Originally, it was my idea because at the time when Sid and I got together 10 years ago, and keep in mind, this has been my best friend since we were 14, but when we first got together, I was still stuck in being famous and a celebrity and being a star. And I felt like I could have whatever I want. So I was still in an insecure place of I can have that, I can have that, I can have that. And because I was dealing with my best friend, my best friend said, if that's what you think you need as your best friend, I don't want to stand in your way of it. So it makes me laugh when people put it all off on my husband as if it was something he was doing. How do you take something? And if you read what I said, there's not one time I said, I give my husband a hall pass to cheat. Not one time. We don't give each other passes to cheat. Because when you cheat, you'll lie. When you lie, you'll steal. And those things mess those things mess with the character of who I am. So cheat, it's like y'all behave yourselves. And again, don't be afraid nor embarrassed to live the way you want There you go. Well, honey, I think that just answered the whole question. So we exactly. can talk about... Well, I'm giving her a major side eye. That's all I have to say, major side eye. <laughs> right, right. Because be, listen to listen to what she's saying. It doesn't make sense to me. In the beginning, you you thought you could have whatever you want to tr- trust me, boo. You cannot have it. Okay, I'm not being funny. <laughs> Let's just keep it real. Monique was a plus size woman. Everyone was not ghouling over her. Trust oh. me, I thought. This man, I mean, she wasn't ugly or anything, but she had fame. This man she had was money. following her money. She had yeah. money. He said, well. he said, sure. He said, sure, you ain't the best-looking woman, but you got money, and I can go play around with other women. Yeah, I'll take mm-hmm. that pass. What you want to do? Let's get married, boo. Good <laughs> man ain't going to do that. <laughs> she crazy. I'm going to believe that foolishness. <laughs> anyway. Monique, go have a seat and find you a real movie that's going to pay you more than five <laughs> Oh, wow. my God. Babe. Okay. I'm sorry. Anybody else Anybody else feel a certain, uh, certain type of way about that? Nate? It's I agree with all passes. Who said that, Liz? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you said you agree? I agree. I mean, I'm it worked. Sure. Work. Marriage is not what it used to be. I mean... There's no way around it. It's not where it used to be. And people be breaking up because they spouse cheating or going out. Just do what you got to do. Get yourself together and come back home. Uh-uh. 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 You know what? I thought I wanted that. I thought I wanted that, but I don't. you don't want that. You don't want that. I'm just going to say one And thing. I said it would be nice if uh-huh. I could do it and the other person not do it. If we could figure out a way no. to make that work, that would be great. Oh, baby, that's, that's like called selfish. Dog, that's like getting my dog. Alicia, you're always late. You're going to be an angry black woman again. I'm just saying. <laughs> and I see you got an angry black man over there. I'm just going to say this. Whatever. Like most <laughs> 
place in life, just because you can do it, mm-hmm. does not always mean you should. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Only time okay. shall tell. Now, that's everybody's personal decision, whether it's this topic or whatever. But just because you can do something doesn't mean you always should. Because a lot of times, well, stuff well, don't work well. out the way you think. The church says amen. Well, <laughs> well. All right. Well, I mean, they slip on banana peel, honey, and don't find their way back to you. But I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs> Next week's show. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm just saying. Some <laughs> hard pass, they may have a life pass. I'm just saying. Ooh. Yeah, you're right. Oh, my. But you're right. Well, Danielle. <laughs> Our yeah. very own Danielle, she has um, her show next week. Yeah, it so, is. It is so. indeed. So Danielle, tell us a little bit about your show coming up next week. Well, I have some phenomenal women that are going to be on the show. One is Shanika Kareem, Marcia Bennett, and Tris Drake, and we are going to discuss the Superwoman Complex. Yeah, and you have to be here to check this show out because we're going to talk about some issues us women face. Trying to do mm. everything and be everybody. Mm. Yes. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. That is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to thank everybody. Nathaniel J., you definitely have to come back and co host with us. I have enjoyed you being on the yeah. show. Did you have a good time? <laughs> yes, God. I, I had a ball. I had a ball. That's good. That's good. Um, and Thanksgiving is next week. Anybody going out of town? I am. No. Looking forward to You're it, too. Yeah, I'm gonna be in the in the two five two. So what's the two five two? Which is that? That's North Carolina. That's, yeah, oh, okay. I'm gonna be in nine one nine. We're gonna be close. Oh, okay. All right, let's let's hook up. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Is, 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 is that like is that like Fatville or something like Greenville? I'm going to New Bern. Oh okay. yeah, the country. I still okay. have not understood yeah, where this that was, country, but okay. Very country. Oh, it's not, far, it's not too far from. It's not far from Wilson, where um, Tawana's from. Oh, okay. Well, now I know where it's at. All right, all right then. That's that's great to know. Thank you. Okay. Um, but you know <laughs> let everybody okay. have a, a wonderful holiday. I enjoyed tonight. I enjoyed um, yeah. everybody. So um, until next weekend, I want everybody to have a wonderful day, a wonderful weekend, and a very happy Thanksgiving. Talk to you Thanks. next week. Bye bye. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends. We ask that you visit www.letsfaceitradio.com for up-to-date information on future shows, special guests, advertising opportunities, and exciting interactive ways that you can be a part of the show. Join us next week, same time, same place. For real people, real topics, real talk. Let's face it. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. 
I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's in store for your business this week at Staples? Cases and cases of confidence. Staples can help give you the confidence that your business is ready for the year ahead with all the supplies you need. Like paper. And right now, when you buy a 10-ream case of Staples multipurpose paper, you get one free. So you can be confident you're ready for whatever business comes your way. Buy one case of Staples multipurpose paper, get one free. Now at Staples, where there's a whole lot in store. In store only, limit 10. Valid through 1519. 